This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Another Zoe is sleeping yo, Jack Fritz, back at the studio. What's up, buddy? I don't know, man. That was a pretty good yo for, for her sleeping. Thank you. I figured I'd go all out. Fritz and I are having a, a, a baseball weekend this weekend, aren't we, Jack? We sure are, buddy. It's going to be... It's I, a, I, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, me, you, uh, our good friend of the podcast, Ryan Spader, we're, we're all heading up to, to Cooperstown. It's going to be... Listen, for, for true baseball nerds, it's going to be a nerded out weekend. Yeah, I haven't been since I was like nine or ten years old, so I'm, I'm wow, super psyched. Wow, so like all the way back in the 80s? It's been, uh, yeah, pretty actually not that far I know. off. I know. <laughs> that was the first time I was serious. <laughs> I know you were actually serious. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a really long time. So I'm super psyched to get up there. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll, we'll talk a little Hall of Fame at the end. But Jack, I don't know about you, but this is the most happy I have ever been with a series split. Oh, it's the best series split of all time. We're, oh we're, my God, what a split. We're setting up the, the, the streak down Broad Street soon, I think. For the wonderful series, yes, series yes, yes. <laughs> it was really well. How about the just thinking about like not just what a a monster split it was to get, like what an up and down ridiculous series that was to lose sixteen to two, to come back the next night, to have Neris blow it, and to still come back and win by three runs in the bottom of the ninth, which this team so rarely seems to do. Then the rain delay, lackluster, Nick Pavetta no hitter effort, Thank and you. then to to again battle back earlier today. We're recording at, at, at you know uh, after Jack's shift late night on Thursday night. So, um, I, like, what what a series! Like, what a crazy roller coaster of a series. The uh, the the Phillies split a series in which they allowed fifteen home runs. It's crazy. That is so absurd. <laughs> like it, like they split, and I'm very glad they split. But like Fernando Salas is is an, a legitimate option on this team. Like Austin Davis is taking down innings. Like it was it was a really weird series. They got destroyed on Monday. Everyone felt like crap. Everyone wants to fire everyone. Come back Tuesday. Looks like the same thing is going to happen again. And then Bryce comes through and saves the day. And then, then a stinker with a huge rain delay that was really fun to produce. Uh, two and a half hours of of Jim Jackson radio, and I, I love Jim. It's just like that is such a brutal. It was we take two breaks and it is just straight Phillies takes for for two hours. Um, and let me say, I love WIP callers. Not the best sample size. There, there are much better callers to WIP than the ones who seem to call into Jim Jackson during the rain delays. Uh, the rain, de- the rain delay is very, very tough. But uh, it's and then, a tough time. It is a tough time. Today, I was, I just felt like it was gonna be, that that game today felt like a loss. Um, and they come back and and they win. I mean, Aaron Nola wasn't good, uh, especially coming off of the Nick Pavetta no hitter. Um, but it was just, it, it was a weird, a weird series. And thank God they split, because I fr- I hate that Dodgers team. I really do. Like they're so arrogant. They think they run baseball. Like they're 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 very annoying. I I am envious of the position they're in, but I am rooting against them every step of the way. Yeah, they're really good though. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> they're, good. They're like really good. 
but I'm with you. Look, you, yes, you've gotten the World Series two years in a row. You've also lost in the World Series two years in a row. So maybe win a World Series before you have that kind of swag. Yeah, the stuff they I pulled. Also- the stuff they pulled today was stepping on Hoskins twice. I, I didn't like that. Obviously, Neris did the Neris thing or whatever. But the, the stepping, the stepping on Hoskins was like, what are you guys twelve? Like uh, it was embarrassing, but it was bush league. Total yeah. bush league. No, I'm. I look at you, Jaggy. Unwritten rules making appearance. We'll get into the nearest things. I want. I want your thoughts on that. Why don't we go game by game real quick? Just general thoughts. Um, sixteen to two. I. I mean, not much to say. What's going on with Eflin, man? Like he is not good. Well, his his fastball is. His, I thought his fastball was actually decent on Monday. Like his fastball wasn't the reason he got hurt. He got hurt because his off speed is just so meh. Like his slider is so bad. It, it's it's it doesn't fool anyone. Hitters don't miss it. It doesn't it doesn't have any sharp break to it. And and yeah, the the Eflin streak was fun at the beginning of the year because he's using his fastball and all that. But I think Eflin is a tale of you need to have stuff. And um, I think Eflin could be a solid pitcher, but if he doesn't develop um, a, a, a changeup, like a legit, like his changeup he threw like a couple times the other night, but the only time he can throw that to where it doesn't get crushed is when like a, a left-handed hitter fouls off like four pitches in a row. Like I, I, it was either, I think it was Peterson or Verdugo. It was like a 2-2 count and Eflin just kept pounding him with fastballs. And eventually, once they were geared for the fastball, he dropped a nice changeup on him. But it, that's the only time he can really do it. And you have you have that. Um, the fastball was better, but it, when your only pitch is really a fastball, it's just not going to last in 2019, especially with how teams are have all these detailed scouting reports. And like I'm, the Dodgers, like just watching them this whole series, it was like it, it felt like they knew what was coming. Like they, they they were planning for one pitch, one spot. They knew your ten, the, they knew your trends. They knew where you missed with certain pitches. They knew when you were going to throw a pitch in a certain situation. Like it was just it was just scouting expertise put on display by the Dodgers this week and the Eflin like Eflin only really having that fastball and then having just eh, secondary pitches. I'm sure the Dodgers were like, listen, let him get his fastball. Cause if he throws that slider, we're going to do damage on it. Like that's, that's just watching the game. It looked like they were kind of spitting on this fastball and like, Hey, he'll get his, but once he throws that slider, it doesn't move and we should be able to jump all over it. And, and teams have, have figured out Zach Eflin. So until he comes back with a sharper slider or something, they can get swings and misses, uh, one of his breaking pitches, he's just going to be a, a four or five that can go on a nice little run, but ultimately teams will figure him out. Well, that is not encouraging, is it, Jack? Um, and he uh, also looked to be a little fair. He did get paper cut to death in that one inning. Um, just a, a horrendous inning of baseball. We were at the game for the midday show, and it was just it was tough to watch in person. And then the whole – what's your take on the not knowing that? I still – I still can't figure it out. Like it, like the, with the whole team, not realizing it was the third out or whatever. Like I get it. If, if, you know, a majority of the guys aren't realizing it's the third out or aren't realizing it's the third strike. But when everyone on the field doesn't put it together, what was your take on that? Did you have any theories on how that kind of played out that way? Well, I mean, uh, um, if you're in the field, right. And you kind of take cues from your pitcher, um, and when the pitcher doesn't know how many outs there are or how many strikes he has, it kind of it kind of makes everyone else question it. Because if you're a pitcher, usually you're on top of the count. Like a pitcher knows. Yeah, that- you should be. You're right. You're dead. Tells you what you're throwing a lot of times and whatnot. Right. So Howard was on with us tonight, and he was saying that he talked to JT, and JT was like, JT was about to throw to first base because uh, that's what they do after they strike out a guy to end the yep, inning. Yep. Yep. 
and and Eflin just stood on the mound like the inning wasn't over. So uh, it seems like it was on Eflin. It was on Eflin for not knowing the amount of strikes he had or how many outs there Way were. Way to go, F. Which, uh, not great. <laughs> not great, man. Not great. So the Zach Eflin Yeah, it was, just, it was like, dude, that, that game, in the fourth inning, it was like they had the double steal. They had the uh, uh, safety squeeze. They had the safety the, squeeze. When was the last time you saw a safety squeeze? I know. I, I honestly, I was, I loved it. Like, I. I oh, it was a great, the Dodgers, it was, it, if you didn't respect the way the Dodgers go about their business prior to that inning, you certainly did after. Yeah, for sure. You might sure. be annoyed by them as a team, but I'm talking about the way they play baseball and how smart they are and how just strategic and how talented they, they're they're a behemoth, man. Well, they're they're a well-oiled machine. They're well coached, yeah. and and the thing they did that was so smart was um, I think it was Verdugo was up. He looked like he thought something was on, or I forget what the situation was. I forget who was up, but they kind of they kind of faked a bunt to see who was gonna who was breaking where and how the Phillies defense was positioned, and then they took advantage of it. They saw that they, the Phillies showed their hand, and the Dodgers took advantage of it. And then that's that's real value at the margins. That's real winning at the margins. That's that's doing your homework. That's doing your scouting. I know the Phillies have the hardest working coaching staff in the history of baseball, um, but the coaching staff on the other side this week, I thought just took it to the Phillies. Um, like I, It's not really all Gay's fault or whatever. I just think that in seeing that Dodgers that Dodgers coaching staff and seeing how they executed and and whatnot it was like that's kind of what the Phillies are are going for like um so it was just it was it was cool to see that brand of baseball obviously they they're fourth in baseball and home runs like they win that way but their ability to to um play small ball manufacture runs and like then the most damning part of that whole game on Monday I thought was when it was fifteen to two or sixteen to one or whatever, and Cody Bellinger hits the ball to second base and he, he beats it out. And it, and meanwhile, Michael Franco does not beat it out. And mm-hmm. when they were leading one nothing, um, and the Phillies uh, could have broken up the open the game there. So it was uh it was it was a testament to uh, one team that's operating on all cylinders and the Phillies who are not there yet. All right, moving on to Tuesday. Before we get to the game, the Franco benching. What what were your thoughts on well, that? Well, it was it was pretty dumb. I mean, it's just weak, man. <laughs> like you didn't bench Segura, you didn't bench Caesar, and now like really, really now it's like oh, I'm benching Franco. Oh, oh. it's like Franco doesn't play anyway because he stinks. Like really, is it, I just I thought it was so weak. I thought it was so like I don't know. I, it just felt like it, there was zero impact with that yeah i mean they've been inventing ways to bench michael franco for over yeah, a season exactly now. exactly it's like oh cool you bench michael franco again and and then gabe comes out and was like yeah you know we had to send a message but also i think his groin hindered his ability know, to get the first base he couldn't even go fully through with it he was like tabling it yeah i know is that zoe screaming in the back was zoe but she's usually pretty good about making some noise and going back to bed which i think is what she's doing okay maybe i'll try and yell slightly less yeah, well, you know, this they they did split, so it shouldn't be too much yelling. <laughs> All right, so we both think the Frango sitting was weak, but look, uh, Brad Miller, big hit in that game. Um, Brad Miller a, is a butcher on defense, though. Like he oh, is a he terrible is defensive good, third baseman. Not good. <laughs> but that was a game. That was a game that the Phillies last year don't win. That the Phillies generally the last month and a half don't win. 
I, when Neris gave up the lead, which felt entirely predictable in the moment, um, I was sure that game was over, Jack. Oh, I don't blame you. I mean, it was it was setting up to be a classic Phillies loss, and like especially coming off the night before, they lose sixteen to two. They they have a lead going into the ninth. They blow that. Like I I give the Phillies a lot of credit for for coming back and and figuring out a way to win that game. Um, and the the, the my main takeaway from the Walker Bueller six earned run game is that Cornelius Randolph was the obvious pick, and Cornelius Randolph was the correct uh, pick in the moment. Stop! <laughs> You're just digging the needle in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but and then like that was one of those games that like that was I feel like that was the first game that Bryce kind of just won. Like he has the the monster home run. Um, he he has obviously that was a monster oh, home run, total monster just home a, run. Yeah, <laughs> to the camera guys at center field, like that was crazy. I know, and he's been so good, and like I'm just I'm so glad Bryce Harper's here, and I know like he struggled for that little bit and. And he got off to a slow start. But as you have said many times, you know, human beings are going to be human beings and baseball players are human beings. And the guy moving to a new city, huge contract, uh, face of the sport. Um, pregnant he, wife. Pregnant wife. Ju- literally just bought a house. Like he just bought a house heading into the, before the Dodgers series. So he finally is settling in. And and dude, like the power numbers aren't totally there. I think they're coming around and he's been on a little bit better of a pace. But the guy, the guy is coming up when it matters, and he is he is delivering when it matters. Remember how like the Nationals fans were like, oh, he's not clutch and he doesn't step up when the team needs him. I mean, that's all he's done here. That's all he's done. It's the here. only time he's he's been good is when it's been clutch. It's when crazy. On base, and, and yeah, and I know people have ripped his his base running and all that, but like. That that kind of aggressiveness, that level of base running is something that can energize a team. And I think that happened a bit today. I mean, we'll get to it, but I think that happened a bit today where he has that double, he gets on second base, and he he like th- you follow the lead of your of your highest paid player, your franchise player, your superstar. And I just think Bryce has acted like a superstar for the last month. He's batted over yeah. three hundred. I just I I'm so glad that dude's here. And I think We've talked about this a lot that that Philadelphia is going to bring out the best in Bryce Harper, and I think we're starting to see the good player Bryce Harper, but also the leader of the Bryce Harper, the guy that can kind of put the team on his back for a little bit and and because once McCutcheon went down, I thought that was the one thing that was really lacking was the accountability in the clubhouse, and I I just feel like Bryce is now putting that on his shoulders now that he's actually hitting like he's he's found it at the offensive side of the, uh, of the plate. So um, I, I, I'm so glad that dude's here and it, the Bryce Harper hot streak has arrived. It has uh, first uh, walk off. hit as a Philly, which was just awesome. But first I, one I since really, 2017, I, huh? First one since 2017. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Um, I feel like that, I feel I, like that had to be the Edibri Ramos game where, where he took Edibri like <laughs> 450 feet, the dead center field. Yeah, I remember that, Homer. Oh, oh it was demoralizing. It was classic. Yeah, um, I'm with you, though. And I think that, look, some guys uh, lead off the field and kind of are outspoken and all that type of stuff. Harper is the kind of guy who, who lets his play talk for him and lets his, like you said, he energizes the team with action and with, you know, um, passion on the field and all that type of stuff. And I, I, I'm with you, man. I think that's... 
an incredibly underrated aspect of what he's brought to the team. And and like you said, really over the last month, he's been a really, really good – like minus the power numbers being below his norms for his career, he's been really good for a month. Like legit good, a good hitter for a month. He's been a defensive superstar all season, which is unbelievable. I mean, how many Bryce Harper gems have we seen? The freaking cannon of an arm and – I'm with you. Like, I have certainly at times said, you know, bleeping Bryce Harper when he's got thrown out in a spot where I'm like, how could you possibly get thrown out there? But more often than not, I prefer the aggressiveness. I like the aggressiveness. I appreciate the aggressiveness. Um, And I'll take those times getting thrown out if, you know, the aggressiveness leads to – to like like you said can lead to, to situations where it really gets the team going in a big game um yeah that was awesome man i i really i can't believe they won that game all right uh not much to, i feel like the uh the rain delay game we'll call it well no just, it's not the rain delay the, game it's the it's the pavetta no hitter let's let's call it for what it is no hitter one of the worst phillies games in a long time for me when you combine the um pavetta not getting a chance to finish out his no hitter only, like we knew he would have only mother nature slowed was going to slow down Nick yes. Pavetta on Monday night and also let's not talk about that first inning but um just for to wait what two two plus hours whatever it was to come back and then stay up till 142 in the morning to see two hits and that dreck that we saw it was just like screw this like I was legit annoyed after that one like that that game sucked. I hated it. I hated it, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, it was. I hated it. It was. We took. We saw. We saw Austin Davis taking down some innings. Uh, By the way, it's. I meant to say this where when you're talking about Austin Davis and Edgar Garcia and these guys, take, it's always great when guys take down innings and then get sent to the minors like the next day, and guys come up like Fernando Salas and pitch in high leverage innings that day. That's what you want to see from a winning baseball team. Go on, Jack. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, the Dodgers rolled out Julio Urias. And, no, and I the, know. Urias would be our second best starter. Like, oh. Ross Stripling today, like, same kind of thing. They're just, they're just messing around throwing Joe Kelly in a 7-2 in a ball game. Like, I don't know. It's just, that was one of those games. The, the, the two-hit game was one of those games where I was like, Oh, that's what a good baseball team looks like. Like yeah. that's that's how a a fully functioning organization um, looks. Like it, like Austin Davis would be in the a double A pitcher for the Dodgers. Like he wouldn't even sniff the big leagues. And the fact <laughs> that's that true. the fact that they let Austin Davis, the fact that they let Austin Davis even wear number fifty four, I think is totally embarrassing. Ooh, I like that take. Fun. And actually, I think there are a lot of players on the Phillies who wouldn't sniff the uh, Dodgers double-A team. I mean, the Will Smith is a guy who's been shuttled up and down from the minors for the Dodgers, hit that obviously big home run against the Phillies, uh, who's like a top 30 prospect in baseball or top 40 prospect in baseball. And he's just like, oh, sometimes they bring him up, sometimes they don't. It's crazy. Andrew Knapp wouldn't even be in the Dodgers system, Jack. Uh, it's It was a little frustrating. That was one of those, like, they're just – so far ahead of where the Phillies are now type of, of moments. Luckily, somehow today, and again, this is the, both of the games they won this series, I really don't know how they won, nor did I expect them to win. Certainly because if you had asked me how do they win this game today, I would have said because Aaron Nola put them on, his, on their back. Right. But Aaron Nola didn't have it today. 
No, and then we we talk about this all the time, but it's it's fastball command, fastball command, fastball command. And when he has to when he has to rely on his curveball more and more, it just it eventually figures the hitters just figure it out and they eventually get hit. Um, I I thought the Dodgers had a, a solid game plan against them. The the backdoor curveballs, the lefties. He tried that a lot, and they were just waiting on it, and and they knew when it felt like they knew it was coming. That again, that's that's the difference between the Phillies coaching staff and the Dodgers coaching staff is that you have the Dodgers coaching staff that that is so detail oriented that they know the trends, they know when you're going to throw your pitches, and the, and they sit on them, and they they look to do damage, and they slug. And um, I thought that was just another example of that. Um, Nola, I, I'm not worried about Nola. Like I'm, you're allowed to have one start where your fastball can. Yeah, he had had five straight great starts or whatever it was. So right, and I. I I do think that um, his fastball velocity at some point was down to like 88, 89. And I just think when you're pitching on a wet mound, um, like it was legit raining a lot today. I'm surprised it didn't stop the game at all. Um, when you're pitching on when you're pitching on that kind of mound, you, you get a lot of uh, uh, mud in your cleats. Like you don't feel comfortable finishing your pitches. So you're kind of just sliding to the plate. So instead of being able to take a full step and really getting into a pitch, you kind of have to back off a little bit. It's You don't want to back off a little bit, but you kind of just do. Um, and it, you kind of just, you know, you, you, you can't fully finish all of your pitches. So I'll, I'll chalk a little bit of, of that up to the mound not being up to where it needs to be for him and yet again the Phillies find a way to, to pick him up so many times this season when Nola was struggling well the offense um, hasn't picked him up often so you know it, it was nice you know he's usually going out the last couple starts at least giving no, them the last that. few I'm saying like earlier in the season they found a way to pick him up in some of those spots but yes you're right lately it has been Nola out you know, there battling all by himself do you know that Aaron Nola is 15 and 0 in his career at home when the Phillies give him four runs wow <laughs> That's a pretty crazy stat. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, he didn't get the win today, but he yeah, didn't get the loss get the today. Loss either. Yeah. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, should we be worried about Hector Nurse? Um, no, I think he, he made some nice mechanical changes in the ninth inning today. I know he gave up the home run, but um, what, what they had talked about was the uh, the prior appearances or whatever he's getting a little bit rotational um, and not coming straight downhill and when you get rotational with a splitter it doesn't really split as much but if you if you um, if you get more downhill and all your momentum is going towards home plate rather than towards the first base side uh, it just gives more um, depth to your to your splitter so I think he made a nice little adjustment today I thought he looked fine today um, he just has he, he, I think I think the Dodgers are just in his head a little bit and I think that's why you saw him kind of act out the way that he did today. Um, um, Which makes sense. The Dodgers well, own owned him. his soul. <laughs> yeah. For years. I mean, remember that one a couple years ago where it was, uh, or was it last year? It was, I think it was last year. That game where the back-to-back to backers to beat him. Yep. That was unbelievable. Yeah. That, I mean, that was the, uh, that was the. Yeah, last year? That was last year, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was because it was 2017 because they were in first so place. So I was right. It was two years ago. Yeah, That's because. What my initial gut thought was, yeah. Me and you were at that Adobe place, and it was the night that the Phillies or the Flyers got Nolan Patrick, and we we're yes. doing the we we're doing the draft stuff. Yes, yes. The, uh, oh, the same crazy. night as the Hector Neris <laughs> letting up three straight I, home runs to the Dodgers. So awful. <laughs> I'll never forget it as long as I live. <laughs> Jesus. It was a horrible. So, and like they were in first place at that point, I'm pretty sure. Yes. And then, yeah, I remember and, it mattered. It and then mattered they, just went the into the, they just went into the tank. Yeah. As we saw them do yet again last year. So let's hope we don't have any of that this year. We're done with the Dodgers, Jack. How great is that? Is well, there anything better than being done with the Dodgers? We're done with the Dodgers uh, until the NLDS. That good. Well said. Thank well you. Well said. Yeah. Because we're uh, listen. I need. I need that matchup. I need that matchup. I want that team again. And like, 
I, I know they're loose. I know they're loose at the Dodgers, but I, I, I loathe that team. I, I want to beat that team, and I'm, and I just it'd be a fun series. Like the, Naris throws it, the David Freeze, he gets all mad, and and by the way, Hector, like why are you throwing at David Freeze there? Like, oh yeah, that's was, like, real quick. Do you, do you think that was on purpose? Yes, of course it was on purpose. <laughs> what, what is he doing then? And why is he throwing up near his head, dude? I don't what know. It was doing? it was really bad. And I hate that. I, I I can't rail against other teams when they do that and not rail against Hector Neris for being an asshat. Well, it was like it was like the, the Dodgers didn't even showboat. They just hit a home run and you were frustrated. They hit a home run. And yeah, Matt Beatty just put his bat down and ran. Yeah, I know. And I think I think you're oh, starting so to see weak. you're starting to see some of the frustrations with JT. Um because JT when when it when he threw at him, he kind of dropped his glove and was like, What are you doing? And yeah, you could see it. You could when you watch like look at the freeze frame pictures of it, like, you could see JT just doing the like, what the hell, man? Right. Like that's the the motion that he's doing when and it he happens. Did, and he had to do the same thing today when Her- when Hector you know said F you. If you if you saw the clip, like he JT turned to the Dodgers dugout and was like, I know, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so uh, Hector Hector the head case is back. Uh, did, 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 I, I miss no oh, doubt Naris. I miss Hector the Protector. I leverage Hector. Where's he at? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But I think uh, I think he'll be fine. I don't understand why he was throwing at Dodgers players. Yeah, they need more relievers. What? Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah, desperately. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, you know, dude, I I can I can't stand I can't stand the bullpen. I like. I'm so done with all of them. Like, if I never see, I, I was just about to start listing guys, and let me go the other way. The only guys I'm okay seeing throw a pitch again for the Phillies are Hector Neris. Adam Morgan, and believe it or not, Fernando Jose Alvarez. Salas. <laughs> Dude, Jose Alvarez. Everyone else can go. Jose Alvarez, Jose Alvarez is pretty decent. I like Jose Alvarez. I can't believe I'm we're never, at that Jose point. Jose Alvarez is their third best reliever. Uh, Think about that, Jack. Drink. Jose Alvarez is their third best reliever. Uh, I, I, need the, I, need, I need one of those throwback shirts of my bullpen makes me drink. Oh, man. Does it ever. It's, a, it's like, uh, it's, it is a bunch of tri- listen i was thinking about this today those are the guys that are calling up from triple a how bad is the triple a bullpen like if, if their best if their best options to bring up are austin are davis Edgar garcia and austin davis oh my god these guys are disasters and how bad must that lehigh valley bullpen be uh, although ranger suarez starting to figure it out a little bit yeah yeah, Ranger Suarez, two wins this week. How about that guy? Wins matter. They're the only thing that matters when it comes yeah, to a pitcher. So, yeah. uh, you know, so no, he's, he's had a good week. He's gotten some big outs, some big outs today, big outs in the uh, the nine eight game. So let's get some good stuff there. Um, anything else from the Dodger series or today, Jack? Um, mm, no, no. I'm gonna save save it for for later. Okay. Obviously, with the pirate series, we're just gonna say sweep or or two or three. Yeah, three. and what worries me though is like I think the pirates are kind of frisky. Like I, I yeah, look, they're only a few back. They're like one of those teams that we know will not really be in the wild card on at the end, but is still technically in the wild card on. Yeah, and I just think that once you get to the bullpen, you know, you're if you if you if you're behind, it's gonna be hard to come back against a Kyle Crick and Felipe Vasquez. It's not gonna be like uh, you know, it's not gonna be the Jansen thing, which Jansen kind of looks cooked. 
Um, so I just think I that- loved how he blamed it on the uh, the Hazley comebackers. Like, should have taken myself out of the game. That was the issue. It's right, like, right, all right, right, buddy. Yeah, it wasn't, you look like trash. It wasn't that your fastball velocity is severely declined. No. Um, oh, speaking of Adam Hazley, I mean, first home run. Oh yeah, how about that? I mean, nice, nice shot too. He was jacked. You could see it. Yeah, he's he's got some he's got some quick hands, man. And, and yeah. this whole Dodger series, like he sometimes he looked overmatched, and I think that's fine for a guy that should probably still be playing in AAA. Um, but I just think that he's got quick hands, and he he made solid contact all throughout. He he got some bad luck. He smoked some balls that were just right at people, right in the shift. Um, I'm in, I'm I want to see Adam Hazley play more. I, I don't want to see Nick Williams play um, left field if they don't have to. Like I would I would much rather have uh, Kingery in center, uh, Hazley in left. I guess Franco at third base, but I, I just want I want Adam Hazley to play over Nick Williams because we kind of know what Nick Williams is at this point, and 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 I just want to see I want to see what Hazley can bring to the table. Um, he works some good counts. Uh, I, I I think he just overall he just has solid bat to ball skills. So um, I I really like the series from Adam Hazley for sure. Um, but I forget what we're talking about, so we'll get back to that. That was it. Cosine. Uh, what we were going to talk about. Um, if you're done with the Dodgers series, before we get to your note bag and all that, uh, Hall of Fame. We're going up there. I think a uh, a very good class, and obviously one of our own there. Uh, what's it like for you? I know someone who is a huge Doc fan uh, to see Roy Halladay go in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, the the bittersweet part of it, um, you know, that he won't be there for it, and and the tragedy and all that. But um, just as a fan of Roy Halladay, uh, a young pitcher watching Roy, trying to mimic him, trying to do all that stuff. What's it like for you to see uh, how they go in? Yeah, it, it hasn't fully set in yet, um, but I I, I, I just, I, I'm glad he's going in. I, 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 I'm sure there's people that, like that were worried he wasn't going to make the Hall of Fame, like he might not have been a Hall of Famer. But I, just that guy was the ultimate competitor. Just hearing the legendary stories of his work ethic and his focus and all that, um, I, I just. He was he for every young pitcher like the, the we like we as Phillies fans were able to watch Roy Halladay and Chase Utley um w- do their thing in our city and I think like we're gonna look back on that and say those were two of the last true ball players like those guys were just absolute baseball players and they they pushed each other to new limits and just like seeing Utley um blossom into the star he turned into and just hearing his stories and then Doc coming in and Doc almost one upping Chase Utley which I didn't think was possible um and two guys that like I just Roy Halladay for every young pitcher was a guy that you would just want to emulate. He had he had perfect mechanics. He could throw a pitch whenever he wanted and it would like it was he was magic and it, unfortunately it took him a little bit longer to get here obviously we all thought it was going to happen in 09 but they brought in Cliff Lee and then Cliff Lee went on that run and that was ama- amazing um, but I'm just glad that Roy Halladay came here we graced our city with his presence and the 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 magical moments and unfortunately never won for him but that guy just gave it all every start and he's like the definition of a, a workhorse and I just uh, I'm excited to see the reception this weekend up at Cooperstown yeah, me too. Uh, you know, obviously all that you said, and I mean, just think that the the guy waited his whole career to get to the playoffs, pitching at that AL East with the uh, Yankees and Red Sox, that heyday of that whole thing. The Orioles were good. This guy just never had the chance to get to the playoffs. And the first time he takes the ball in the playoffs, he goes out and throws one of two no-hitters in the history of the sport in the postseason. It's just, he was that type of guy. And 
Um, I'm with you. In my mind, he was a no doubt all famer. He was um, the best and one of the best pitchers in the sport for a long period of time, a generational type guy. Certainly, I think for me, I, you know, I as old as I am, Jack. Yes, I was not around for Carlton. I didn't see any of that. Uh, for me, Roy Halladay's 2010 season, the best season I've ever seen a Phillies pitcher have. Um, in my lifetime, I, I think. Yeah, and, um, and see, when you take it all into account, everything he did. Yeah, and and Roy Roy was one of those athletes that, like, dude, like the start the start in Chicago where he's like overheating, and like you could kind of like, you, you you saw the end coming. He was throwing like eighty three miles an hour, and you knew he was like gutting it out, but he just didn't have it anymore. Like seeing Roy hurt like that, like like hurt. Because he was like, he's such a guy that would put everything into it, and him not being able to finish it out the way he wanted to go out and and go out like that, like he he just ran out of bullets. And watching the end of Roy Halladay was like this this physically hurts to watch because he was he was so magical, worked so hard, and uh, unfortunately his body just gave out. Um, but just he is a total pro, total Hall of Famer, and I I think he's been underrated when it, when he have a lot of conversations about the greatest starting pitchers from two thousand on. Like everyone talks about Pedro, Randy, Clemens, Schilling, like all those great guys. Messina, I guess Smoltz, like all those guys. Glavin, Maddox, I, and now we can't forget anyone, you know, since the one time we forgot one player. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that I think that Roy deservedly should so be mentioned that group. should be I'm mentioned with in you. that. So um, I just I'm so glad he was able to pitch here for a little bit and and show us what true professionalism and, and Hall of Fame standard is like. Yeah, and shout out to Mike Mussini. You said it. Uh, Edgar Martinez, uh, Ryan Spader, uh, actually playing a role in Edgar getting in is such a cool thing. Um, Edgar very deserved. Three twelve lifetime hitter. He had a four eighteen career OBP. Jack more career walks than strikeouts. Edgar was awesome. And uh, and Mariano Rivera. The f- how stupid is it, by the way, that it is twenty nineteen? And and I absolutely think Mariano Rivera should be a unanimous Hall of Famer. I don't see anyone who should possibly say he doesn't deserve to be in. But the fact that it took till twenty nineteen for us to get a unanimous Hall of Famer is one of the dumbest things in sports. Like I've always what. Either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. Like, I hated that. I hate it. I always thought it was so stupid. But I'm happy well, to see that's coming to an end. Well, Any the other fact just Griffey, general thoughts the fact, on the class? The fact that Griffey wasn't unanimous is ridiculous. I mean, the you, fact, I mean, there's so Hank many Aaron, guys who yeah. should have been unanimous. I mean, Carlton, Schmidt, like any of these guys who are just high-level Hall of Famers should be unanimous. Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Baber, like they should all be unanimous. Like, yeah. this is stupid. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But, um, I, yeah, I, well, I can't believe you forgot Harold Baines. I mean, that's the reason everyone's going <laughs> up. I don't even, I'm trying to not even acknowledge it. <laughs> I'm trying to like pretend that it didn't happen and granted not voted in, you know, the veteran committee, whatever they call it now thing. Um, it's, it's a travesty. I, I would go so far as to say that Harold Baines, when he gets elected in or, or enshrined on Sunday will be the worst player in the hall of fame <laughs> with the plaque. And no question about it in my mind, the worst player who has a plaque in the hall of fame, Harold Baines. So <laughs> What an honor! Wow, huh? um, <laughs> just a vis- I'm going to send this. Like, I'm going to send this to the the Baines family. He's not a Hall of Fame player. Even when he got in, he was like, "Oh wow, I didn't see that coming." But thanks, like you yeah. know, come on. It's, it's, it's an just, it's an it's an embarrassment to the museum that won't let Barry Bonds or anyone from the steroid era that actually yeah. mattered. 
I won't do my rant, but you know my rant. I think it's the the biggest joke in the sport is the fact that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, that these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's who are you to adjudicate who did and did not do steroids? I guarantee you there are players in the Hall of Fame right now who did steroids. There are players who admitted to doing greenies and stimulants. It's just so silly. I, I You're telling the history of baseball. It's a museum. Barry Bonds is the best hitter I ever saw, and there's no question about it. Like, that dude should be have a plaque in the museum I'm going to this weekend. But well, the best hitter I ever saw was Harold Baines. So, <laughs> oh, man. all right, uh, Fritzy, <laughs> it's that time that everyone has been waiting for with bated breath. It's the uh, time to empty out the bag. Um, my first one is the Phillies are showing interest in Drew Smiley. Um, I saw that. I love that. That's the exact type of under the radar, no cost type of move they should be making. I, I yeah I mean I don't he may not be any good anymore but there was legit talent in his arm for he was good at one point he has pitched well in the major leagues and he's a lefty before Tommy John like I, I was always I always wanted Drew Smiley in fantasy because I thought it was gonna be his breakout season even I've if owned him like on yeah. six different teams like so many different times so, even if yeah. he doesn't start for this team I I don't know why a team hasn't tried to convert him into a, a special a lefty specialist out of the pen um but he put up decent numbers with with the AAA team for the Brewers, um, the Rangers. I mean, he didn't really. He got shelled with the Rangers this year. Um, but it's one of those. It's one of those. It's, there's no reason not to take a shot on Drew Smiley. Although, if he wasn't getting called up by the Brewers, who also can't pitch, don't know if that's a good sign. Um, but I'm in on these kind of guys. Also, um, Jim Salisbury linked. The, they said they are expressing interest in taking on the the Granky contract. Um, there was a lot of talk about Minor this week. Um, there's some talk about Robbie Ray. It feels like, listen, if they want to go and, and, and trade for a guy that's going to be here this year and also next year, I'm totally cool with that. Um, cause I, even though this season is not trending in the direction that we are all hoping, it doesn't mean you have to give up on next season as well. Like I, I just, I put banking on them signing Garrett Cole this offseason. I don't think it's the, the smartest path going forward. So if you can get a guy now, get him in here. Um, Lance Lynn is signed for the next two seasons. I don't know if the Rangers would move on from him, but, he is. Uh, he signed a three-year, thirty million dollar contract, so he would have two years, twenty million left on that deal. And I think Lance Lynn. I mean, watching him the other day, like ninety-six with legit two-seam run and a guy that theoretically in your in your mind will give you six or seven innings and two runs or less. And just give me that. Just give me someone that yeah, can. Yeah, someone a that guy can do that, that. I've always liked, and you've ripped me for well because he was years. bad. Like Lance Lynn was bad, uh-huh. and then he, uh-huh. he 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 figured out how to throw ninety six, and now he's good. Like that's, that's you're saying I was right, you were wrong. That's yeah, all. yeah, I'm just trying to get that. Out. Same with Mike Miner. It's like whenever I like a guy, eventually he'll come that's, around. I, I like it. I said Mike Miner would be better than Andrew Miller in this offseason, and I was in on Mike Miner. So I don't know what you're talking about. It was well before that last season, regardless. Um, um, but what I, else? I, but I, I think if I'm if I'm making my untouchables list today, I'm pretty sure my untouchables are Boom, Spencer Howard, and Damon Jones. My I would move in the right deal would be Moniac, Medina, Hazley, and then below that, I don't really know. But that's that's where that's where the heads at. I w- I would agree. The uh, you like Damon Jones more than I do, but. I will trust you there for me. Howard and and Baum well, really the only two that stick out to me. But Damon Jones just uh, some some you want to have some spin rate fun? Uh, sure. Uh, Who doesn't love a good spin rate fun? Damon Jones slide this is a little little birdie. Damon Jones' slider uh, spin rate was apparently around twenty eight hundred, which is elite. Wow. And good. his four seam fastball spin rate was around 
as uh, it was up to like in the 2400s which is wow which is also super elite so i just right. he looks like rich hill to me like when i watch him pitch he just reminds me of rich hill a little bit okay yeah. i could take rich hill hopefully not waiting so long to break out but no. i could take rich hill what else you got uh adam morgan i think he, i think it's safe to say that he's he's back like he there's he looked a, great this series a little bit of struggle great. but he he rounded out he figured it out and, and adam morgan listen if they're gonna go on a run here they need adam morgan back and they need a guy that can yeah one of their three relievers <laughs> that you somewhat trust yeah that'd be good if you one help. of their three actually good uh actually good relievers so yes um good to see him back and uh yeah that's all I got from the notebook. And well, I, let me just get one little thing on the notebook. The Nick Pavetta, once again, uh, where were you when Nick Pavetta no-hit the Dodgers? <laughs> all right, two of three, <laughs> preferably a sweep against the Pirates, then take both against the Tigers. Uh, Fritzy, final thoughts. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, by the way, real quick, high hopes night. It's less than a month, August 17th. Come hang out with us. Um, password is high hopes. Pin tweet, my tweet, Jack Twitter. Check it out. Coming out with us. It's going to be awesome. We've got uh, tailgate surprises plan. It's going to be awesome. I swear. He swears. He swears, folks. I swear. He doesn't. He doesn't. I swear. Um, my last final thought is that I feel like Reese Hoskins hasn't driven the ball in like a month. Like I don't like. It just feels like he's popping up everything, and he just he just hasn't looked right to me in a while. Like he, it's like it's it's like soft pop ups. It's not like he's really even the hit today was just a poke down the line. Um, yeah, it was like a, a dribbler that just it was a shift hit. It was because of the shift. That yeah, it. you can tell he's frustrated at the plate. So while Harper is going, they like. We need Reese to pick it up a little bit. It's this team is is teetering on the edge of a, of a second wild card, and uh, I'm glad they kind of fell out of the second wild card for a night there, so they wouldn't keep saying didn't that. Have to hear people say that. Yeah, so they could stop saying that. Hey, well, we're in the playoffs as the season ended today. That that whole conversation was getting very frustrating. Um, they need Reese to step it up. At, at Reese, Reese has not been great for it, what feels like a month, and I swear to God, every time I look at his stats. I'm like, there's no way that's what his stats are. Like, I'm pretty sure his stats right now are like 280 and 400 OBP. And I'm just like, when? (laughs) He just keeps doing it. It's it's unbelievable. I'm with you. I I feel like he's not playing as well as his stats say he is. But he is, so. He is. I'll take it. I know. I I would like to see the, I'm waiting for the the five home runs in six games from Reese, though. That'll, That'll be nice to see. All right, I'm with you again. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, we will definitely um, have fun in Cooperstown and let you know all we'll about bring some, it. Uh, we'll fu- bring some recording equipment and in case we see someone that would be of note. And I like then we'll that do a idea. little interview. I like that idea. Look at that. All yeah. right, so we will, uh, we will potentially bring you some bonus content from there as well. My final thought, I would just like to congratulate my daughter Zoe on her sterling brilliant High Hopes debut. I would say that Zoe's performance on High Hopes tonight was second, the second most important performance this week behind Nick Pavetta's no-hitter. Yeah, it's a great call. And probably the second best guest performance on this podcast after Ochart the God, wow. obviously. Wow. Well, congrats you know. to Zoe on making the podcast. I hope she wasn't nervous. Yeah. I mean, Jason Ochart, you know, that's our guy. Yeah. So. Um, no, she did great, and she's sleeping again, so shout out to Zoe. All right, 
Um, until Monday or uh, or until the Hall of Fame. Uh, either way, we will be talking to you soon. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. He's Fritz. I'm Salter. I'll see you later.